Welcome to another episode of I'm Dying to Tell You. This is Dr. Mark Goulston, and uh, I'm uh, kind of excited. I'm getting ready to go into the hospital for a bone marrow transplant, which I'm uh, cautiously optimistic about. And uh, I guess if it works, uh, I, uh, I might have to change the uh, title of these videos. I want to talk to you today about being resurrected in life uh, and being visited by an angel. Uh, I've been on a number of podcasts recently, and something that I've shared with the host is that most of my life, at least from my late 20s to the present, I've lived to give. I've lived to give. And recently what's happened is I give to live. And I mean that. I mean that literally. And I've been trying to figure out why, why that transition has happened. And what I realize is something that I've talked about in other podcasts is that I hit a low point when I was in medical school. I dropped out twice, probably for untreated depression. And the second time I dropped out, they wanted to kick me out because they were losing matching funds. Every time someone takes a leave of absence, they lose money. The tuition doesn't just cover the costs of the seat that you're leaving empty. And the second time I dropped out, uh, they wanted to kick me out. And I met with the dean of the school whose focus was on fundraising. I don't remember meeting with him exactly what we talked about, but I got a call from the Dean of Students, uh, William McNary. Uh, we called him Mac. He was an Irish Catholic from Boston. And he called me and he said, uh, uh, Mark, we got this letter here from the other Dean. You better come in. I was at a low point in my life. I felt kind of broken. And when I went in and I, uh, met with Mac. He said, here, read this letter. And the letter was from the dean of the school. And it said, I've met with Mr. Goulston. And we talked about another career. And I'm advising the promotions committee that he be asked to withdraw. Uh, they couldn't kick me out based on grades because somehow I was still passing. And, uh, and I said to Mac, I said, what does this mean? He said, you've been kicked out. And, and what happened is I cratered in front of him, meaning I went, oh. it was like a gunshot to my abdomen. And I know what that feels like because I almost died about 15 years ago when I had a perforated uh, organ in my body and uh, I was heading towards becoming septic. And, uh, and I came from a background where, like many of you, you're only worth what you do. You know, if you're not able to do much, you're not worth much. So I was at a low point. And at that point, uh, Mac hit me with what I call the triad of hope. Uh, and and he said to me, he said, I, I, I guess he was touched by my just raw openness and the pain that I was showing him. And he said, 
Yeah, you didn't mess up, but you are messed up. Uh, but if you become unmessed up, I think the school would be glad they gave you another chance. And at that point, I felt something wet on my cheeks is the resurrection part. And I, and I kept looking at my fingers and I thought it was blood. I just kept looking at my fingers and it wasn't blood, it was tears. Because he was just hitting me with the beginning of this, what I call this triad of hope. And he said, uh, but even if you don't become unmessed up, even if you don't become a doctor, even if you don't do anything with the rest of your life, I'd be proud to know you. And then the tears really flowed. And I thought, uh, what's going on? I'm useless. So he, that was unconditional, positive regard for me. For, for, for me as a person, not for me as a what I did. Then, then the second thing he said is, uh, the world needs what you have, Mark. And you don't know that. And you won't know it till you're 35. So he saw a future for me that I didn't see. So the first part of the triad was an unconditional positive regard just for who I was. The second is he saw a future for me that I didn't see. And the clincher was when he uh, pointed his finger at me like this. And he said, look at me, look at me. And I'm looking at him and my tears are just flowing. And he said, you won't realize how much the world needs what you have. Man, I'm sorry. I know that clip was a little long, but that was my friend. Dr. Mark Goulston, rest in peace. That was a clip from his podcast, I'm Dying to Tell You. Very heavy podcast uh, in the final days of his life. And what's crazy is we did the show on him um, maybe a week ago. And his work is already inspiring listeners to go to his YouTube page and watch some of his videos. And that's where this topic comes from. Because Dr. G had this triad of hope. Now, of course, I'm going to apply it to relationships. Tonight's topic. Listen very carefully to what I'm about to say. Tonight's topic, a good life is full of bad experiences. A deeper look at Dr. Mark Goulston's triad of hope. Now, the triad of hope and that clip we were listening to comes from um, his YouTube channel again. The YouTube channel is called I'm Dying to Tell You. But the particular episode is called Angel in My Corner, Pay It Forward. If you have a chance, I want everybody to go over there and sit down and, and, and give yourself maybe 20 minutes to listen to it because it's profound work. 
right? A good life is full of bad experiences. And once I got deep into the video and I and I watched what my friend was saying in the final uh, days and weeks of his life, it automatically made me think of Bruce Lee. He says, so how you going to put Dr. G and Bruce Lee together? It's quite simple. Bruce Lee said, don't pray for an easy life. Pray for the strength to endure a difficult one. See, we're living in a time where most people think or most people are under the impression that relationships and love is supposed to be easy. Right? And let me just say, relationships are not are not supposed to always be difficult either. But there will be storms. There will be high seas. There will be tsunamis. Emotional tsunamis, physical tsunamis, health tsunamis, uh, 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 communication tsunamis. Uh, there will be anger tsunamis. There will be financial tsunamis. Let me read the topic again. True or false? A good life is full of bad experiences. Let me back it up with Bruce Lee. Don't pray for an easy life. Pray for the strength to endure a difficult one. Why is there a divide on this thought process? You got some people who say, no, nah, love is easy. Love ain't supposed to be difficult. Love is not supposed to be hard. It ain't, right? Uh, some positive influence in the chat says, uh, mama said there'll be days like this. Absolutely. So listen, I've got a couple of questions. In what ways have you cultivated a positive regard for your partner, despite the pain that they have visited upon you while being in a relationship with them? Right? Comes down to their worth, right? Are they worth sticking it out with? Comes down to worth. Let me read it again. In what ways have you cultivated a positive regard? For your partner, right? I need you to listen now. Dr. G's triad of hope consists of three pillars. Number one, unconditional, reg unconditional positive regard. Number two, visualization. Seeing a future, right? that you guys are willing to work on, that you guys are willing to pour into, that you guys are willing to manifest. And then number three, unconditional positive belief. See, people want to know, how do you make a relationship work with another human being, a.k.a. a whip, a work in progress, someone who is bound to hurt your feelings. Let me give you an example of hurting somebody's feelings. You create a safe space in the relationship for them to share how they feel. They create a safe space in the relationship for you to share how you feel. But amongst each other, when we get upset with each other, 
We use what was shared to jab each other, to to poke each other, to, to stab each other. And many times when that happens, purposely, consciously, or unconsciously, the person that's being stabbed by those words, right, will see that as you're trying to hurt me. You're trying to tear me down with, 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 with a personal thing that I shared with you, right? And many times you become untrustworthy because you use what they said to you against them in some way, right? They start to treat you like an outsider. They start to treat you like you told their secret to the outside world, but no, you put it back on them, right? And their interpretation might be you did it on purpose to hurt me. Your intention may not have been to hurt them. Your intention may have been to enlighten them on maybe uh, the short-sightedness of their perspective. But if you said it back to them, they might have taken that as a slight. That's why I say, in what ways have you cultivated a positive regard for your partner, even if this is a person that has hurt you? Shouldn't you have to learn how to do that if you want to be with another human being? When you visualize a future with your partner, what aspects do you consider independent from what your partner can or is already doing for you? Are your beliefs about your partner and the and who they are unconditionally positive? I think not. What does it mean to be an angel in somebody's corner? Have you experienced someone being that for you? Let me tell you something. Anybody seen the movie Crash? You remember the police officer who fondled up the lady? Right? But then later in the movie, Thandie Newton was the actress. Later on in the movie, that same police officer saved, saved, saved her life. Right? Right? Many people are not going to want to hear this, but I'm going to tell you. Don't you know most of your relationships are like that? There are moments when your partner will hurt your feelings, will make you feel small. Maybe not purposely. There are some out there that definitely do it on purpose. But there are going to be times where your partner fails your image of them, your expectation of them. But that same partner, if given the opportunity, may show back up in a different way to help you, to support you. See, we get this misnomer about the angel in our corner always being docile and sweet and Valentine's Day-like. That's not how human beings are. You understand? We're going to have moments where we save you and we're going to have moments where we throw you to the lions. People don't, people don't believe that. Listen, when we come forward, I got more questions because I really want to get into this with you guys. And I want to have a national discussion. I want everybody to call in and talk about how 
their partner, their significant other has been an angel in their corner. When we come forward, more from the VOR. So the first thing I want you to do when trying to show support is let the other person tell their story. So the goal in being a support person is to be the witness and to listen. We don't have to fix it. We don't have to be judge and jury, okay? I want you to realize what your role is. Your role is to be a support, to show that you care. You don't have to do anything else, okay? This isn't your problem to solve. And sometimes when we know what our responsibility is, it dissipates that weight where instead of feeling responsible for somebody's pain, we can just be in it, okay? Because it's not our pain. We can just be the witness and say, yes, I see you, yes, I hear you, okay? Now, the second part I want you to do is I want you to pick one thing that they're saying that you can relate to, because what that's gonna do is that's gonna help you listen and stay engaged in the conversation. So maybe you've had a similar experience or you can totally relate to where they're at emotionally. Pick something because that's gonna help you stay focused on them. Because the gift in being a support person is that they need your attention. So don't do this when you're distracted, when you're stressed, when you're hungry, because you're not gonna convey a supportive stance. So that's what I want you to do is make sure you're in the right frame of mind. Ladies and gentlemen, the VOR back in the building. Man, do you got an angel in your corner? Or do you have somebody who just wants to rush you out of your process? Ooh, in the pursuit of a good life. We often strive for happiness, success, and fulfillment. However, it is essential to recognize that a good life is not solely defined by positive experiences. Dr. Mark Goulston's triad of hope, right? comprising unconditional positive regard, visualization, and unconditional positive belief offers valuable insights into navigating the complexities of the life that we need to share together if we're going to be together, right? On tonight's show, we aim to explore the concept that a good life is full of bad experiences. And you better hope you got somebody who's okay with your humanity to share it with, right? We're gonna, we're gonna dig deep into it. But we're also gonna be drawing inspiration from the wisdom of Bruce Lee. Now, a lot of people know Bruce Lee, he was a student or an avid uh, reader of the great J. Krishnamurti. And he created a whole martial arts form, a martial art form based on Krishnamurti's philosophy called Jeet Kune Do. When we come forward, we're going to talk to some folks. Who has supported you without judgment, without condemnation? I'll get at you. Relationships after trauma are not easy for a traumatized person or for the person in the relationship with that traumatized person. And that piece is what we're gonna talk about today. Hey guys, my name is Joe Beckwith and welcome back to Trauma Talk. This is by far one of the most highly requested videos that I've ever had. People continue to ask questions about it because there is not a lot of material out there or resources out there for people who are in relationships with traumatized individuals. And that's a challenge because 
being someone who has been traumatized, being someone who has been sexually assaulted or in a domestic violence situation, or, and I am not this person, but someone who has been through combat or shot or whatever that is, is extremely hard, is a change of everything, is a mess to deal with mentally, emotionally, physically. But what a lot of people have not provided resources for is for the people helping those people who are not professionals, the boyfriends and girlfriends and family members and spouses and so on and so forth. And so this video today is about if you are in a romantic relationship with someone who has been traumatized, how do you help them? How do you be there for them? How do you take care of yourself at the same time? Being in a relationship with someone who has been traumatized or who is dealing with PTSD or any kind of major mental illness is not easy. It is challenging and I get that and I have been blessed to be in a relationship with someone who has worked through things with me. We have a great relationship, but it has not been easy getting there. It has been an uphill battle sometimes. It has been a struggle and a challenge, and a lot of conversations have had to been had. And so here's a few things that I would recommend in general for people if you are in a relationship with someone who has gone through trauma. These are things that were helpful for me being on the other side of it and some things that may be helpful for you. The first thing is to know that it is not your job to fix them. They are hurting. They are having a hard time. They are going through a lot of difficulty. And when you see someone hurting, we want to help. Like as human beings, we love someone. We want to fix it. We want to make it better. But know that this is something that you literally do not have the ability to fix. You cannot save them from this. This is a journey that they have to internally make. They have to make it through this. You can be a huge part of that. You can help them through that, but you cannot fix it for them and you cannot save them from it. And I think if you start with that understanding and understand that you will not be, you are not forced to be the savior in this situation and you can just be there to help, that's a lot of pressure off and that's a good place to start. And with that being the baseline, if you can build from there and then know that the most important thing that you can do for so many of us, and of course this is personal, but for so many of us is to listen, to really, really listen and to ask intelligent questions, ask how we're really doing, ask, you know, I don't understand that. I want to understand that I haven't had the same experiences and I'm not trying to be insensitive. So could you try to explain that? Could you explain what you're going through? And if you can't explain it, I understand. I just, I want to be there. I want to understand. I'm here to listen. If you can say words and phrases like that, that is so affirming and helps let us know as traumatized individuals that you care, that you're there, that you're not just trying to fix this and you don't just see us as, you know, broken humans, but that you want to. Wow. This is why Dr. Mark Goulston's work was so important. The triad of hope, unconditional positive regard, visualization towards the future, unconditional positive belief. But let me just say this before I get to these callers. We live in a society that is draining. Right? It drains the people of their resources. Just living every day drains us. Work is draining. Dealing with folk at the job is draining. And then when you go home to a person who may not know how to regulate their emotions, 
right, who who may just know how to self-soothe. They go inside or the opposite of that. They go outside. They got they need activity. They need stimulation to to get them to forget. Right. What I'm trying to say is. America can teach you how to get a job. But it can't teach you how to heal yourself from the inside out. That's not something that's put up high on the priorities list. So what evolves out of a society like this? Back to Krishnamurti. It is no measure of health to be fully integrated into a sick society, right? So what emerges out of this is something called compassion fatigue. You know, I, listen, man, you, you're still going through it now. I, I didn't told you what you should do. I, I didn't listen to you. I didn't tried to help you. Do you see? Now some people get tired of being compassionate, tired of being empathetic, tired of being understanding. What is compassion fatigue? Compassion fatigue opens in a new window. Or Compassion fatigue is... The cost of caring for others or for their emotional pain resulting from the desire to help relieve the suffering of others. It is also known as a vicarious or secondary trauma referencing the way other people's trauma can become their own. That's not a healed person. That's why they get tired. Because. Your struggles, right, wake up their struggles. It prevents them from doing what? Being objective, being an active listener. So they get tired because they don't have the capacity or uh, the emotional reservoir to draw on. So although I love Dr. G., It's going to be a struggle for most people in most relationships to have unconditional positive regard, visualization for the future, and unconditional positive belief. If you're going to give those things, you got to be those things, right? Woo, here we go. We got callers on the line. The sister who created this topic, Atala from Houston, Texas, get in here. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. We talking tonight. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. So I wanted to answer three questions and I'll try and make it brief, (laughs) as brief as I can. So let's see. You said, how do your personal values and beliefs influence your ability to maintain unconditional positive beliefs about your partner? All right. So (laughs) I thought of two things. Um, So I think like if your values are misaligned, right, when we're talking about crucial decisions and moments in your life, you basically start to kind of like devalue your partner, especially if you feel like you're better or your point of view is better. Mm -hmm. So your difference of opinion is going to become like continual criticism. Criticism. Mm -hmm. Um, And the second thing is limiting beliefs. So you're basically creating stagnancy for yourself. Um, And then it turns into an inescapable black hole for your partner. So when you say you will try to do something, that basically becomes not wanting to do something. And then eventually you can't do it. Mm. Right. So what does that mean? 
So what your partner is promising you, they become unwilling to do it. And inevitably, they can't do it because you end up breaking up. Your relationship dissipates. Mm. Heavy. Um, heavy. <laughs> oh, we got some <laughs> smart listeners, man. We got some smart listeners. I love it. I love it. I love it. Say more. You got more? Oh, I'm not done. I'm oh. not done. Oh, okay. oh excuse Question me. number six. Listen, you said, how can practicing unconditional positive regard for yourself contribute to establishing a triad of hope in your relationship? Mm-hmm. So, um, I think the biggest thing is when you basically, you cannot allow your humanity to negate your partner's spirituality. So, yeah. So you understand who your partner is at their core and you're not using their faults to create, you know, the irreconcilable differences um, and basically damaging the essence of who they've been to you and how they've shown up for you. Right. That's really important because I think we tend to forget that, like you said, once the, feeling of offense or the spirit of offense kind of floats in you forget who they are and who they what they've been to you so i think it's really important that you don't um take away from the essence of who that person is spiritually for you um and let's see the last thing i wanted to respond to you said in what ways have you cultivated a positive regard for your partner okay so i'm not very good at this uh but i can tell you what i would like to do so three things um acknowledgement of effort of your partner's efforts appreciation for the mundane so basically don't allow that person to become common you know just like any other person to you because even the small things that they do is what makes them your person all right and the last thing that i would like to cultivate is like solitary access to my heart space meaning that there's certain things that i share in emotional spaces and places that we go that i don't go with anyone else Mm-hmm. So that that's it. Mm-hmm. Let me just say, Atala, you cooking with the rarest grease. I loved everything you said. I learned because I'm a fixer. So <laughs> in trying to fix things, I wind up messing things up. You see? Mm-hmm. Some, so that's that, that's that anxiety, right? Yeah, anxiety. that anxious, preoccupied attachment mm-hmm. style. I'm trying to fix it. Mm-hmm. But that's mm-hmm. a lesson that I've learned. Like, you can't fix it. You you have to walk with them and resist the desire to try to fix the problem for them. That's how you can be an angel in their corner. Mm-hmm. 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 And what I liked about Dr. Stu's video was that he basically, like, the man that, was, that he was speaking to didn't come and give him, like, a million and one solutions. It wasn't like, okay, well, here's how you do this here. It's like... No, it's just I'm here for you. I'm going to acknowledge and validate those positive aspects in you. And I think that's so important, especially when you're dealing with someone who's dealing, who has like depressive episodes or, you know, they have moments when they're really, really down. Mm-hmm. You know, it's best to, because I, I have an issue with that too. Like I become more so solution oriented, like kind of almost robotic. And, you know, that's just not necessarily what that person needs in that moment. So, wow. Wow. Atala, guess what you just did? I brought Houston in the building. Houston, Texas is in the building. Where you at, Los Angeles? Come home. Talk to your brother. 1-800-920-1580. When we come forward, one of our home run hitters, one of our cleanup hitters, my brother, your brother, Reggie from Austin, Texas. Ladies and gentlemen, this playlist. Open up the curtain. 
my playlist is my co-host. Let me, let me just give you a little piece of what we're doing here on the playlist. The first record we played was called For Moms, that instrumental piece. The letter four, Moms, Tribe Called Quest. A lot of people didn't know that was Tribe Called Quest. It's on the Love Movement album, Tribe Called Quest, For Moms. And this right here is called For You, Jack Herrera. Jack Herrera is a group that came out in the, well, they never came out. It, it was front, it, the front man was John B. And this album was so cold in 96. I was there when they recorded it. So cold in 96 that Babyface and them didn't want to put it out because it was better than John's album at the time. I, am I giving up too much? Anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> Tonight's topic, though, is it's, it's making us think deeply, right? Your partner needs to be your angel in your corner, but are they capable, right? And then we're mixing this with the Bruce Lee quote, right? When Bruce Lee was talking about don't pray for an easy life, right? You know, pray, pray for the strength and the endurance to be able to deal with a difficult one. And many of us don't know how to do that in relationships. So we took three of Dr. G's principles, right? Uh, the triad of hope, unconditional positive regard, visualization towards the future, unconditional positive belief. Unconditional positive regard, uh, as proposed by Dr. Mark Goulston, is the foundation of fostering healthy relationships and personal growth. It involves accepting oneself and others without judgment or conditions. In the context of a good life, embracing Bad experiences with unconditional positive regard allows us to learn and grow from those experiences, right? It is through adversity that we will develop resilience, empathy, and a deeper understanding of ourselves and our significant others. By accepting the inherent imperfections of life, right, we can cultivate a sense of compassion and find meaning even in the face of of adversity. That's un, uh, unconditional positive regard. And I believe for this society, that's a little too much to ask for. And we'll break down the other the other two principles as well. But this society, people are running from difficulty, right? Because looking at yourself is a difficult process. You don't have unconditional positive regard for yourself. That's why, you know, I don't want to take the mask off. It's a heavy thing to do. Listen, when we come forward, the phone lines are cracking. We're going to talk to people all over the country. We got Indianapolis. We got Austin, Texas. We got Dallas, Texas. We're going to talk to people from all over the country to talk about this. How can you get around yourself, get by yourself, get over yourself to be able to provide unconditional positive regard, visualization for the future, and unconditional belief? When we come forward, we're going to talk to folk about it. Hi everyone, it's Dr. Romani and welcome back to this YouTube channel on narcissism, narcissistic relationships, and healing from narcissistic relationships. So this is a uniquely positive video for me, but I'm going to do it because I think it's an important one. There was a beautiful article in the New York Times. The link to the article is in the video notes. It does require a subscription, so I know some of you won't be able to read it, but the article is by someone named Jancy Dunn. And 
she was reflecting on a conversation she had had with her young child's teacher, whom she asked the question. She said, what do you do with a child who's feeling overwhelmed emotionally? And the teacher responded, I asked them if they want to be helped, hugged, or heard. Now, the article is actually about how do you, re how do you connect with somebody who you love is going through something. But she, she got this wisdom from this teacher. Now, what I loved about the article is that I think many of us who do love someone who's going through something, we often feel like we're at a loss. What do we do? How do I approach someone who is going through something? A divorce, a breakup, they lost their job, they've been dealing with an ill family member, their child is going through something, there was a, a death, they're going through a death or the loss of someone, or a, um, they've, they've gotten a health diagnosis, or they're going through a toxic relationship, any of them. I think many of us grapple of how do I be there for someone? And sometimes because we don't know, we might make the terrible mistake of not reaching out at all, which is never, people always want to hear from you and even if they don't respond, it's a huge mistake to not reach out to someone you care about when they're, growing, they're going through something and you know it, just reach out to them. It, it, oh, that always works. But beyond the just the text reach out thinking of you, people are like, what else can I do? How do I not mess this up? So that's where this article is great, just for all of us who are healthy, trying to be healthy, loving people. Now, needless to say, this framework may not work within your narcissistic relationships. But again, as I read the article, it struck me that this could be so powerful for people who want to be supporters for people who may be in any number of toxic situations, including narcissistic relationships, or to even articulate, use this as a framework to articulate what you need. People who are experiencing narcissistic relationships are often concerned that they are burning out the people around them if they keep talking about the relationship. The rumination, the confusion, sometimes you just feel like you need to talk it out because you're in such an altered reality. But the fact is, there's not often a solution to these situations. Leaving is not always an option, or at least it's definitely probably not an option you can act on today. But this idea of, do you want to be helped, heard, or hugged, could also help you as a survivor to determine what you might need from someone. Survivors of narcissistic abuse a long time ago have had their needs so shamed and devalued that it becomes all but impossible to consider asking for what you need because you often just don't know anymore. But in all of this, like I said, survivors often don't know what they need or want. So it, while it may be Ooh-wee! Man, this topic is getting deeper and deeper and deeper. A good life is full of bad experiences, man. Dr. Mark Goulston, God, uh, rest in peace, good brother, left us with his triad of hope. Unconditional positive regard, visualization, seeing the future, and unconditional positive belief. These are things we need to give each other if the relationship is going to endure the difficult moments that are destined to happen. The great Bruce Lee said it a different way. He said, don't pray for an easy life. Pray for the strength to endure a difficult one. We can say in one breath, man, this was a terrible relationship, but I learned so much from it. Well, maybe the difficulty you had to go through to get that knowledge was the price that needed to be paid. 
The universe is very economical in its movement. It doesn't waste anything. So even that relationship that you define as toxic or difficult gave you something that up-leveled your spiritual maturity. So not a bad thing. So once you learn, oh, these wounds in me attracted this kind of person. Oh, it attracted this kind of situation. Okay. So now you can start your personal journey of inward or internal healing so you can elevate your mind and spirit to be able to cultivate unconditional positive regard for yourself. You can visualize the type of future you want to have for yourself with someone else. And you can start planting the seeds of unconditional positive belief within yourself. I'm telling you right now, don't just run out there and look for somebody to give you something that you are not. Do you understand? Don't run and say, hey, give me what I'm lacking. Because that's not how you grow spiritually. How can you encourage and support your partner's personal growth and development while visualizing a future together? Damned what's going to come against you. Right? We're going to visualize this future and we're going to pour into this relationship emotionally, physically, spiritually, psychologically, magically, whatever we got to do before the storms come. We're going to buttress the relationship with unconditional belief about its survivability. How does the concept of angel in my corner relate to the idea of being a supportive and loving partner through difficult moments? They're going to come inevitably. How can you be an angel, uh, an angel in your partner's corner without sacrificing your own needs and well-being? Oh, wow. These are real questions that many relationships never ask. How can you provide examples of sp specific actions or behaviors that create a supportive and nurturing relational environment? Number one, we can give you all the boundaries and all the rules and parameters that you can that you can that you can possibly consume. But I'm here to tell you, just because you set the rule doesn't mean the rule will be followed each and every time. So guess what? There needs to be space and grace to not follow the rules that you guys established. Because sometimes we get so codependent on the rule that if the rule is broken, whatever wound that existed gets reinforced. Because I never thought you would break the rule. I never thought you would ever be a human being in this moment. Yes, I, I, I broke the rule. I'm sorry. How can we get back on track? Many people don't want to get back on track because pain is so familiar. Because discomfort and victimhood and blame shifting is so familiar to their personality, to their character. You got to understand, only a perfect person can pass the blame. Uh-oh, somebody meme it. Only a perfect person. 
can pass the blame. You better not point out my lies as much as you lie. You better not point out my lack of support as indifferent as you can be. As cold as you can be, hot and cold, up and down. You better not point out nothing wrong with me until you've conquered everything wrong with you. Listen, I know a lot of people don't want to hear it put that way. Can you provide, let let me read another question, then I'll go to the callers. How can you create a sense of safety and trust within your relationship to foster the triad of hope? Number one, stop acting like you better than your partner. Stop acting like you was raised better. Stop acting like you got more sense. Stop stop acting like you deserve better than your partner. Try acting like you in it with them at the same level that they are. On. You know why? How else in the hell you got with them? You get with who you are. So many people feel like they better than their partner. That's why you can't cultivate a safe place. Uh, Sean, if you don't stay patient, Sean is hitting me on Instagram. Sean, I'm going to run through these calls and then you call in. You, you know you're supposed to call in early, Sean. And normally you call in early, but you didn't call in early tonight. Be, be patient, Sean. I'm going to get to these callers right after I read this next question. how can you cultivate a sense of gratitude and appreciation for your partner within the triad of hope do you know being grateful for who your partner is we talked about this yesterday when we talked about special being grateful for who they are even in their shortcomings is such a magnetic pull that glue that binds you guys together so many people, once you hurt them, that's it. That's it. They don't want to cooperate. They don't want to be willing. It's very tough. Let me get Reggie from Austin, Texas. Get in here. Reggie. Man, um, you mentioned being a fixer um, about 10 minutes ago. And it really vibe with me because I'm, I was that too. Um and I never really understood that 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 way of dealing with things was really selfish. Mm-hmm. Because when I was a fixer, I made it about me and not about them. Mm-hmm. Um, the best the best way to to, to have that that uh, unconditional positive regard is just to be present. Mm-hmm. Just to be, be just to be there. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, your partner didn't want you to solve their problems. They just wanted to know that they weren't alone in this situation as they solved the problem. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a value that's like, you know, it, it, you can't even calculate what type of value that is. Um, I mean, it's a lot of things in this world that will totally break you down. And if, but if you know you have somebody next to you that believes in you, that'll build you up. And so I just wanted to solve things. And like every problem doesn't have this parochial answer. You know what I'm saying? A lot of times I I had to to be more flexible. You know what I'm saying? Just not to say everything that's on my mind or just not to to interject 
what I think would help. Because it ain't about what I think would help. It's not about me in this situation. I can't walk this person's road and I can't have responsibility for what they're going through. And they never asked me to, you know, um, man, it's, it's, it's so, so wonderful just to, to know that somebody has your back mm. and they don't always have to remind you that they have your back. Mm-hmm. They just have to be there and have it, mm. you know, and, and that, that, that takes a lot of faith. That takes a lot of trust on your side. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's, it's not always a, a, a nice, neat, um, situation. When you're growing, you don't grow pretty. You grow like you grow. Mm-hmm. And eventually it becomes beautiful. Um, but it doesn't always start that way. It doesn't always, it doesn't, it doesn't always that way in the middle. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You just have to have faith that it's going to be what it needs to be when it needs to be that way. Um, I wish I had known that earlier. You know what I'm saying? But you learn what you learn when you learn it. Right. You know? Right. And so I, I going forward, I can say, okay, this is how I'm going to handle this situation and be more flexible in the middle of it. Mm. You know? Mm. Yeah, man. Reggie! <laughs> man, I agree 100% with everything you said. I am guilty of about 90% of everything you said. Brother, you are a gift to the VOR. I appreciate your wisdom. I appreciate your insight. Thank you so much for calling. Guess what you did? Brought Austin in the building. Austin, Texas is in the building. When I come forward, Sean, the phone lines are open. You can call right now, Sean. 1-800-920-1580. We got phone lines, but we also got Indianapolis. We also got Dallas, Texas. But Sean from Oakland, California, hit me on my Instagram. Holla at me, Sean, if you want to get down. Call me right now. My playlist is my co-host. Ladies and gentlemen, the VOR is back in the building live from Lemur Park, KBLA Talk 1580. Just let it ride. Just, a, just let it float underneath. A lot of people are hitting me up right now. What is that? What is that? What is that? Come on, I played it on here before. That record is called Pink Flower, number 37, by King Chino. Pink Flower number 37 by King Chino. And I wanted to establish a different type of vibe tonight uh, for this topic because it's such a a rich and meaty topic, right? The three uh, pillars or the triad of hope that Dr. Mark Goulston talked about. And what I'm saying is these, these pillars must be developed internally before you can share them with your partner, right? We all know what Bruce Lee said. Don't pray uh, for an easy life. Uh, Pray for the strength to be able to endure a difficult life. Well, first, you have to get over the mountain of you. So you have to learn how to visualize what you want to do and what you want to be in the future. Visualization is a powerful tool that enables us to create a compelling vision of our own future, Right. Not just the future of the relationship, but the future of ourselves. It involves imagining the life we desire, setting goal, setting goals and and working towards uh, their realization. While visualization often focuses on positive outcomes, it can equally 
it is equally important to acknowledge and integrate the possibility of encountering obstacles and setbacks along the way. Setbacks are a part of the setup for the come up. By visualizing a future that encompasses both positive and negative experiences, we prepare ourselves mentally and emotionally to navigate the challenges that may or may not come our way. This holistic approach to visualization empowers us to adopt or to adapt, persevere, and find opportunities for growth even in the midst of adversity. We'll talk about unconditional positive belief later. Let me get uh, my guy on the line. Who's been on the longest? Oh, True Monger from Dallas, Texas. True Monger, get in here. What are your thoughts on tonight's topic? Oh, man. Uh, yeah, you can have a good life with bad experiences. You learn, you learn to appreciate the bad experiences just as much as you uh, appreciate the good ones because you live to experience both. Mm. Um, as far as, as relationships go, uh, you got to learn to embrace them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you might get upset in the moment, but once you get get your thoughts together, calm down and take a breath and actually think through the situation. You gotta, you gotta embrace it. You gotta be appreciative of the experience and hopefully you learn something from it that will help you uh, grow to be better version of yourself going forward. Mm -hmm. Um, Life is going to challenge you whether you like it or not. Mm -hmm. So there's no point in trying to avoid it. Uh, A lot of people are conditioned to want the easy way out find a quick fix, mm-hmm. um, avoid the issues, uh, all that kind of stuff. Right. All it does is delay it. And the longer you delay it, the worse it could possibly get. Mm-hmm. So why not face it? Why not discuss it? You might need some time to process it. And if your partner understands that, they're going to respect it and give you that opportunity to do that. Um, yeah, most most people... Especially men, most of us are wired to resolve things, find solutions to problems because we don't want to keep dealing with the same thing over over and over again. Mm-hmm. But it'd probably be best to ask your partner if they're even seeking a, seeking a solution at first. Mm. Sometimes they just want to vent and get stuff off their chest. Mm. And if you respect them and love them like most people claim they do their partner, mm-hmm. take time to listen. Because it might be a situation where the roles are reversed mm. and you'll want somebody to listen to you. But wow. that requires uh, respecting humanity in somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people go by, base their relationships based on what they see on TV and social media clips and thinking everything is always a highlight. That's not life. That's not reality. Mm-hmm. You're going to have challenges all through your life, mm-hmm. whether they're great ones or small ones. How are you going to deal with them? Right. Right. You know? I love it, brother. Guess what you just did, true monger? 
Dallas in the building. Dallas, Texas is in the building. Where your city at? Hey, cities. I want to hear from Pasadena. I want to hear from Pomona. I want to hear from Pacoima. I want to hear from Palisades, man. I want to hear from Playa Del Rey, Playa Vista. Where you at? I want to hear from Compton. I want to hear from Watts. I want to hear from Inglewood. Inglewood, call us, man. We want to talk to everybody because y'all cooking tonight. I appreciate everybody for tapping in, but we got more to do. When we come forward, we're going to talk to my brother, your brother. You already know, one of my favorites, cleanup hitter, Ronan from Indianapolis. Something new that I've been doing for self-care that has been such a game changer for me when it comes to sleep and reducing stress. I started using the One Leaf app, which is a self-hypnosis app that was created by renowned therapists and relationship experts out of Stanford and NYU. I was a little skeptical at first because I've never done any form of hypnosis before, but it was so user-friendly and relaxing, and I personally saw results quickly. It takes about 20 minutes a day, it's done from the comfort of your own home, and you listen to a guided hypnosis where there are prompts and visualizations that get you into relaxed state where your subconscious is more able to take suggestions to create and build healthy habits. One Leaf covers a broad range of topics such as relationships, sleep, reducing stress, managing pain, improving confidence, and so much more. If you're looking for a new way to meet your wellness goals, go to the show notes and start One Leaf with a free seven-day trial. Today's episode is a heavy one. It is all about emotionally abusive relationships. We want to be really clear from the start that if you are in an unsafe relationship, you do not need to work on it. You do not need to stay. You deserve to get support and help and feel safe in your relationship. Mm -hmm. So please use the resources we've linked in the show notes for the domestic violence hotline and the national crisis line if you are in a dangerous or unsafe relationship. We also want to be upfront that this episode is purely informational. We want to give you ideas of warning signs and what to look for with emotional abuse. Um, This episode is not about how to get out of an emotionally abusive situation, but more just how to spot if you or maybe even somebody you love um, could be in one. Yeah. So working through and understanding emotional abuse is really tricky. Yeah. Like it is not it is not a straightforward clear cut thing unfortunately. It's not as blatantly obvious as physical abuse can be because it is emotional. Um but it is truly just as damaging. So We're taught that relationships take work. Um, We value in our society staying together as a couple, you know, like getting through the hard times. It's ebbs and flows. And so it can be really hard to decipher when things are just like the normal, you got to put work in through this, Mm. or this is just a low point, or if something is truly emotionally abusive and damaging, and then we downplay it, let things slide under this, yep, under the sake of, you know, staying together and doing the work. So even, you know, when we asked the Instagram community about what, what they wanted. And I wanted to play that clip because I wanted to point that out. I wanted them to point that out. Know when to get out. Know when it's toxic. Right? Know when it's know when it's destroying your soul. How about that? That's why we had to play that clip. But let me just do this really quickly. My friend is on the line, one of my favorite callers. I love all the callers. They all have their own personalities and their own perspective. But let's get him in here. You already know what it is. Ronan, Indianapolis. <laughs> Come on, get in here. 
Uh, shout out to the 49ers. Going on, though. Hey, <laughs> hey, you know what it is. <laughs> oh, man. It's an awesome topic, too. Thank Damn. you, brother. We got the Eagles out the way. Now we just got to get Baltimore out the way, and we'll be good. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We'll discuss that later. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, if we face uh, Baltimore, we're going to lose. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, we're going to lose. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I digress. Let's get back to it. What, what are your thoughts on tonight's topic? I would say a good life is full of earned testimonies over empty theories. Mm. Earned and testimony over empty theory. I love it. Say more. Go deeper. And the thing is, like, over time, you start earning your level of sound footing. Um, adversity is either going to reveal the punk or the pillar influence that you were meant to be. The punk or the pillar? Ooh. <laughs> hey! Come, hey, keep cooking, Ronan! I'm going to sit back. <laughs> so, so when you think about it, there's so many people that have a lot of these talking points on and offline. Instead, they should be getting outside and looking within to establish life reference points that will help other people follow in their footsteps in their own way, rather than just this circular talk about what should be rather than what can be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Keep going. Keep. <laughs> Don't stop. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> like over life, it's like, so many times we we've either started at a rough patch. Some of us didn't have the greatest parents. Some people didn't have the greatest circles of influence. But over time, once you start moving in certain ways, you start seeing better parts of yourself, things that were buried within you. Mm-hmm. And you start learning the difference between you being a strobe light versus a lighthouse. And a strobe light versus a lighthouse. He says them really quick. It's like Mayweather's sneaky right hand. You don't see it coming, but then bow, it lands on you. Go, boy, keep going, man. So, so like early in life, you start seeing everything is flashy. All these things are distracting. And then when you start seeing the reality of things, you start seeing the ugly parts of themselves, even, you know, the people around you. But being a, a lighthouse, you're able to sit there and establish a higher position what people see at a distance and they can avoid the rocks due to your direction and your choices and your leadership in a sense. Mm. So over time, you know, instead of having it just, uh, um, a bunch of, or actually trying to live life in third person, you actually like show people that your life is actually a production, Mm. both in front of the camera and behind the scenes. You start learning how, lights work everything moves and you have something that's epic rather than something that's thrown together you know that's on tubi (laughs) 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 guess what you just did ronan about indianapolis to the building (laughs) naptown is in the building always dropping bars we appreciate it thank you so much man Ron, every time Ronan call in here, man, he give us something to think about, man. Food for thought, right? But I want us to take this triad of hope. I got to take this triad of hope. Listen, I've been working with Dr. Mark Goulston since 2012. And I never heard of the triad of hope until Attila Phillips, whole government out there, Uh, brought this to my attention. And I have had many years of work with Dr. Goulston. He has 
counseled me. He has, I have gone to therapy with Dr. Goulston. He has been my co-host on my podcast. And it was someone who's become family now. Because I see all the listeners as family. Right? Atala brought this to my attention. And what I got from this, those three pillars of hope, unconditional positive regard, visualization, and unconditional positive belief. And I understand how Goulston framed it at the beginning of the show. He was basically saying he was at the lowest point of his life and somebody recognized that he was there and came and gave him these three things when he needed it the most. And I'm simply saying we, in relationship, have to learn how to give these things to our partners. But I am a huge advocate of basically saying you can't give what you ain't got. So you have to learn how to give yourself unconditional positive belief, which I think is antithetical to uh, negative self-talk. Right. Unconditional positive belief is the unwavering faith in oneself and the inherent goodness of life, regardless of the circumstances. You know what? I'm going through hell. People that are close to me know I'm going through hell. I mean, Lucifer's hot soup. I'm going through it. But guess what? I love me. I might not like me all the time. I might not like my decisions, some of the decisions I make, but I do love me. And I love those who love me. So positive, unconditional positive belief, embracing the idea that a good life is full of bad experiences, requires us to cultivate an unshakable belief in our ability to overcome challenges and find meaning in adversity. When I come forward, the VOR will go even deeper. Is it possible for me? Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, I just wanted your spirit to settle in to tonight's topic. We have to be each other's safe space. But we can't be each other's safe space until we are safe with self. And the only way to be safe with self is to understand that life is going to push you. Life is going to push you down. Life is going to trip you. Life is going to give you some things that you may not like, you may not want. But you got to find a way to overcome It's not going to always be soft and easy. Do you understand? There's wisdom in what Bruce Lee said, in my opinion. Do not pray for an easy life, but pray for the strength to endure a difficult one. This encapsulates the essence of embracing the paradox of a good life filled with bad experiences, challenging experiences, difficult experiences. Lee understood That true strength and growth come from facing and overcoming challenges, especially from within. Turn it up just a little. 
Praying for an easy life may shield us from hardships, but it also deprives us of the opportunities for self-discovery and transformation that arise from adversity. Instead, we should seek the strength to endure difficult experiences, knowing that they are integral to our personal growth. Dr. G understood it. That's why he created the, tri the, the triad of hope. What is the purpose of having hope if you're not challenged? Huh? Why would hope even exist if you weren't going to be challenged? Man, you see how these two work together? Dr. Mark Goulston and the wisdom of Bruce Lee can redefine our understanding of a good life. Right? It's not the absence of bad experiences, but rather our ability to embrace and learn from them that can contribute to this overall well-being and fulfillment that most of us are seeking. By cultivating unconditional positive regard, visualizing a future that encompasses both positive and negative experiences, and maintaining an unwavering belief in the goodness of life, we can navigate the complexities of existence with grace and resilience. Embracing the paradox of a good life filled with bad experiences allows us to unlock our true potential and find profound meaning in every aspect, every footstep, every inch we walk, we can find value in it. I hope you guys appreciated tonight's topic because I appreciated doing it. Now, you ain't got to agree with nothing I said. The voice of reason does not require that of you. But I want you to have these conversations. Okay? I want you to have these conversations. I want you to pursue these discussions in your relationships. I want you to make space for them. You understand? There are times... Let me, let me give you another piece of wisdom that I learned recently. Regardless of what God put you on earth to do, I, I'm living my purpose. God put me here to motivate, inspire, uh, uplift, educate, expand the consciousness of the masses. That's what God put me here for. I know it. Right. But what I learned recently is I have to be invited. If I'm not invited, I shouldn't invite myself. Right. I can't help you. Only you can do the work. But I have to have an invite to even talk about guiding you to any place, any space. I have to be invited into your space. I want y'all to understand, man, we, we, we started this conversation, but it's really up to you. To finish it. Yes, I'm talking about human design. What am I, a, a manifesting generator on the 3-5 line? We're going to bring somebody in here to do human design. The difficulty with human design is that it is so complex. I'm wondering if a master teacher of it could explain it in bite-sized chunks that is easily digestible for the listeners, right? They say, what is a manifesting generator? 
people who manifest and generate things, right? They have this energy that can manifest and materialize things. But I'm on the 3-5 line. What is the 3-5 line? Well, when you do your chart, you get this line of numbers. I'm on a 3-5. I am the savior and the heretic. Three means I, I make mistakes. I learn from those mistakes I make. I make horrible mistakes. But when I process the mistakes that I've made in life, the five is the martyr, right? What is it? Uh, it is the savior martyr or the, her the yeah, it's some heretic martyr, right? And what that means is the five line makes me turn those mistakes into universal principles that everybody can use. That's why I'm on book number five. Anyway, we'll do a show on human design, but we need somebody in here that can really. Yes, the martyr heretic. That's me. The martyr. Man, I keep making mistakes and hurting myself badly. The heretic. I, t I, I rewrite the rules of society and make them uh, uh, easily digestible. Right to uh the masses that's that's my walk anyway up next our girl your girl my friend your friend jill monroe rsvp with jill monroe this was a fire show but she gonna keep the fire lit i hope you enjoyed it i'll see you tomorrow with another slapper deuces